You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hi, I'm Jennifer Wood. And I'm Jennifer Connor from Equestrian Businesswomen. And you're listening to Equestrian B2B, the podcast that brings together industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and equestrians for conversations about how they build and sustain a successful business. On today's show, we talk to Annie Finch about leaving her corporate career at Estee Lauder to become an entrepreneur and starting her own company, Catherine Girl Cosmetics. Annie Finch grew up in Santa Barbara, California. She attended the University of Arizona and received a degree in elementary education. Her plan was to be a teacher and ride her horses after work. But Annie started working for Estee Lauder in college and moved up the ladder from stock girl to the vice president of sales, marketing, and product development for North America, based in New York City. She received additional business training through Estee Lauder at Vassar College and Harvard University. She has developed and launched the Tom Ford Beauty and Airy Lauder Beauty Brands. The idea of starting a makeup company started with Annie leaving her corporate career and moving her office into her favorite horse farm. Catherine Natural Cosmetics was born in 2014. With her name on the box, she made sure to never put in any harmful ingredients. Annie is raising golden retrievers and riding horses, so everything has to be cruelty-free. This is always non-negotiable. Born Catherine Ann, Annie is a fourth-generation Catherine girl. She believes that girls can do and be anything they want to in life. Annie has ridden horses from the age of seven. After college and while working in cosmetics, she found her true passion as an adult amateur at the age of 36. She rode and showed the Ace Circuit on the West Coast with the help of Diane Langer and Tara Metzner. After moving to New York to run Estee Lauder for North America, she went out to meet Andre Dignelli and Patricia Griffith at Heritage Farm. Annie spent winters in Wellington and was circuit champion in the adult jumpers with one of her horses. After moving back to California, she won the PCHA medal finals, North American Adult Equitation Championships at Capital Challenge, and the Ariat National Adult Medal Finals. Annie has a pure love of the beauty, style, and skill in the equitation rings and is looking forward to conquering a few more adult medal finals. Join us at the 2023 Saratoga Women in Business Spectacular on July 11th through 16th at White Hollow Farm in Stillwater, New York. With this year's theme of wellness, prosperity, and wisdom, you can hear from speakers, listen to panels, participate in activities, and network at our cocktail party. Mark your calendar to save the dates now and stay tuned to hear more from equestrian businesswomen about the schedule and exciting news to come. Annie, it's great to have you here today um, to talk about yourself and you know your business history and starting your company. And we're really excited to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Makeup and nice people. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> so I I um I want to start out kind of talking about your education because it kind of doesn't have a lot to do with where we're yes. going to be going in the conversation. <laughs> and I just find it very interesting. And I wanted to know a little bit about uh, what made you pursue your education uh, as your career initially. So my mom was an elementary school teacher and I grew up in Santa Barbara and it was so fantastic. You know, She drove me to school and then we rode horses after school together. Uh, and it was such an incredible life. And so 
as I was graduating, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, now what am I going to do, you know, in college, you know, I'm just going to go to college. I brought my horse with me for a minute and um, we didn't show in the major A circuit, you know, shows. We just showed in the local shows and rode, you know, every day after school, cleaned our tack, washed our horses. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a nice life for me. I'll teach school and then I'll be able to ride and, uh, you know, after school, like my mom does and have the summers off and, you know, <laughs> And be around kids. So I spent time in her classroom also. So I love children and kids and I love watching people grow. You know, that's become sort of my main, you know, focus is watching people grow, learn, get challenged, you know, have their individual successes. So I was really comfortable and with the kids in the classroom and I loved it. So I was like, okay, I'll study you know, elementary education. I'll get my degree. And I did some student teaching and, and I had a great time with the kids. And then, and, you know, I learned stuff, they learned stuff. And, but then really, you're probably going to ask me how I segued into beauty. Is that what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how'd you? <laughs> okay. You're on a great path. My mom was like, life is good, you know, yes. as a plan. And then all of a sudden I went to summer or my, roommate went to summer summer job. And I was like, well, you have a job. What am I going to do? I'll go to where you're getting a job and I'll do that too. So I went and I always loved makeup since I was a kid. Like I had every color eyeshadow that was made at our local pharmacy. And, you know, I was obsessed with all the color and lipstick and everything. And so I went in and said, oh, I should sell makeup. And they were like, do you have experience? And I said, well, no. Um, and they go, oh, well, then you can't have that job. And I said, well, you haven't even interviewed me. So if you want to interview me and tell me I'm no good, not good at this, that's fine. But I, you know, you at least need to interview me. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're annoying. Of course. Okay. I'll interview you <laughs> and I'll tell you, you can't have the job. Um, but it's kind of an interesting story because she said, you know, we have this program where you can be a floater where we need help. So every day you come in, you're going to look in this red book and you're going to see, you know, what department you work in. So every day I came in that I was supposed to work and I looked in the red book and my name wasn't in it. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to write my name in it and I'm going to write cosmetics. And then I went down to cosmetics and I was like, I'm here to work today. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, the ladies were so nice. They're like, we just got an order in. Why don't you unpack stock? So I unpacked boxes and then I finally got to sell makeup. And I, they were like, why don't you just work in the makeup department? I was like, I'm trying to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Then when I graduated, I was like, mom, this makeup world is so fun. I think I'll just sell makeup. And she was like, whatever makes you happy is the most important thing. So good. Yeah. Um, I really got to experience putting makeup on people and seeing how it changes their life, you know, just how they feel about themselves. And it was every day I had stories about customers and people and it was really, really amazing. So I was like, this is, this is a good path for me. <laughs> I I'm so impressed that you were able to like advocate for yourself when you went in for a job interview, because I feel like I'm the type of person who would be like, Oh, they said no. Okay. And yeah. you know, like move on. And I feel like uh, this is kind of a recurring theme in a lot of our entrepreneurs that they're very much like, no, like, no, you have to interview me or no, I need to have this or no, I'm going to, you know, push back on a big company that's trying to block me. Um, and, and so I'm just so impressed with, with that really 
Did you always have the passion then for the skincare and the makeup? I did. I did. I was always playing, you know, playing in makeup and had every shade possible, you know, and it's funny because my mom um, only wears lipstick, you know, she's like an incredible golfer, sweet gray hair, lipstick, and that was it. She's like, whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, one night I came out, I was going to some dance at school and she looked at me and she was like, whoa, she's like, is it Halloween? I mean, <laughs> I had, like the gray eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. So Estee Lauder really taught me, you know, so much and it was mm-hmm. just so much fun. And it really, you get to be creative and you get to, decide how you want to present yourself in the world, you know, and what makes you feel good. And I laugh too, because when I started showing in the adult equitation and and I was in Los Angeles and I was riding with Diane Langer and she's like, okay, you know, you got to get on and go. And it's like, where's Annie? She's in, you know, in the tack room putting on lip gloss. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) can't hurt. Like, It was always like strategic, like we don't want to have bright red lips. We want to just look like natural. And yeah, did that did that routine become like um, a a good luck thing? Like, did you have a special shade that you would wear every time or light pink? um, And I actually (laughs) named it after my horses now. Um, So it's it's just something that makes you feel good. So if you're going to go present yourself, you know, in pl- public and compete, if it makes you feel better, then, then you, you do whatever you're doing better. You know, I was, well, I did another interview um, with a British um, beauty company and they were like, we don't understand sport beauty. And I was like, I'm telling you, if I go, do you go to a gym? Do you run on a treadmill? Like, what do you do? I said, if I'm on a treadmill and I have a little bit of eyeliner on and I'm supposed to run, you know, two miles, I can run three. Or if Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just feel better. I said, if I don't have it on, I'm like, oh, I just want to get out of here. I don't feel good. You know, I'm tired. You know, but when you you feel good, you know, now it's eyebrows. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. It's like whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. And that's that's how I justify buying very expensive breeches because I'm like, oh, you have to look yeah. the part to be the part. <laughs> and then I ended up riding, you know, riding at Heritage, and it was like you, he he has the best theory. I don't know if I say it out loud. He's like, you start the winner. You know, <laughs> you're at the end gate, you're, you won, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if you look the part and you're ready, then, you know, he's like, the yeah. judges want you to win, you know? <laughs> so look the part. <laughs> yeah, That's great. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you attribute to your success in the corporate world as you, you know, moved into that side of the industry? Oh. It's really interesting. So I started in the field sales organization. So I rose through, uh, you know, account executive coordinator positions to regional positions before I got into the New York office, which was incredible. The whole thing was corporate, but um, before I got there and there were a couple, there's a few things that I always did the job. I went to one training and the I went to the teacher afterwards and she was teaching, you know, the seasonal colors and all this stuff. And I was like, how do I get to be you? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to do that. And she said, whatever job you have, do it the best you know how. She's like, if you're cleaning your counters or if you're stocking this or whatever, whatever you're doing, doing it the best you know how. So 
I went back to work. I had, you know, the cleanest counters, the highest sales that, you know, I was always, you know, doing it the best I could. And at the same time, I was doing the job I was told to do. And then I was like, what is the next job? You know, and then I would learn what they were doing. You know, so this one woman used to come in once a month and walk around and point at things, you know, when you go into and I was like, what does she do? Like she wears a great outfit and she points at things. I was like, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, and so I asked a lot of questions. You know, I sat with, you know, all the numbers and I learned Mm -hmm. all that piece and I learned all the inventory. And so by the time the next job came around. I already knew how to do it. And they were, they were automatically like, Oh, Annie should do this job. Annie should have this job, you know? So I laugh, you know, I was with them for 23 years and I never interviewed, you know, always like, okay, here's a job for, cause I, but I told everyone right away, I was like, Oh, I want that job. And then people would laugh and they're like, you, you, you know, you can't have that job. Like thousands of people want that job. And I was like, Oh no, no, I I would be really good at it. (laughs) And they're Mm -hmm. like, no, you haven't done it yet. I was like, oh, I know, I know. I I could figure that out. <laughs> um, and then I always made, you know, people are really surprised to hear this because they always want to make themselves look good in a corporate world. And I always tell people, make your boss look good. Yeah. If you're in a corporate world and you want your boss's job. Your boss has to get promoted. Yeah, right. So you're not going to have their job if they're still there. So when you're in a meeting, you better make your boss look amazing. You know, if she forgets to say something, you know, pass her, you know, send her a text saying, remind him to say this or provide information for her. So she looks brilliant, even if she's not, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then she'll want you to win also, you know, right. the, the, bosses ahead of you will want you to get promoted because it makes them look good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a very interesting dynamic when I left, you know, at the top of where I was and I said, I don't know if I'm good at the job or I'm good at the politics. Right. Um, And they, so much a part of it, I'm sure. And they said, you're good at both, you know, Mm -hmm. so you had to be good at the politics to get the, the job done. So, um, And it takes a lot of hard work. You know, I have a lot of friends who their kids are working and they're like, oh, you know, Susie works so hard. She works too many hours. And I was like, she's supposed to. Yeah, that's how you get somewhere. (laughs) I was like, I I don't, did you want me to feel sorry for Because, you know, when I finally got to New York and I was a big vice president, I would do meetings from eight to five, you know, I was scheduled every 15 half hour hour. Like I just, you know, you think it's an office job where you're sitting at a desk and I was literally running the halls, like running into mm-hmm. meetings. And, um, and then at six, when the meeting or five, when the meetings were over, I would stay till, you know, eight, 10 to do the actual work, mm-hmm. follow up on the meetings, you know, do what I needed to do. And then, um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> right. But you love, you know, you pick what you love. Exactly. Um, You pick what you love. Uh, So, and then I'd ride on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) And does it, I mean, I feel like, like you were saying, so many young people, I don't, maybe I'm being a little facetious, but, you know, talking about a work-life balance, 
And I was like, you can talk about a work-life balance when you've been working for like 20 years and you've put in the actual work, you know? I don't know. It's like... Well, and people tend to think, like people now are like, oh, I want your job and you have your own company and it's so, you know, Mm. glamorous and this and that. And now you have the flexibility to go to yoga at 10. And I was like, that's because you stay up till 10 doing spreadsheets and hunched over your computer, you know? Um, It's more, you know, it's more work. Um, having your own thing because you're in that constant level of pressure, you know, you're not not getting a paycheck unless you do something, you know? So I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's, I think people are different now. I think when you look at influencers and you look at people on social media and some people are like, Oh, you know, all she does is sit around and take photos and it's really hard. There's (laughs) a lot of behind the scenes that nobody sees. Podcast, like it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do Friday lives on Instagram and talk about makeup every Friday, and I did it for, you know, six months or a few months, and you know, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, and especially now, like I think you can't just throw up any random photo and expect it to perform well. You have to know what goes into it, and you know. You have to know your audience and what copy works best and what people respond to it. Yeah, there's so much more to it than that. And um, I mean, I think I consider social media and doing it for someone is a full-time job. It's not something that you can do halfway because it won't be effective. No, and it has to be so authentic. Like every time I think I want someone else to do it for me, I'm like, oof, like I still have to put in my own stuff. And, you know, I still do a lot of it myself. And, mm. but people say to me, you know, are you, se- what are you selling? Are you selling makeup, puppies? You know, what I was like, I don't know. It's a whole thing. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> people look at it and they're like, oh, it's so pretty. Oh, it's so personal. Oh, it's so, and I was like, it is, you know, um, because it's you. I love every bit of it. You know, people ask the question when I started, I was riding at Heritage and I have the photo behind me. Um, Lily Keenan was just coming off of ponies and, you know, riding in the hunters and Maggie was there, Maggie McAlary. You know, they were like, oh, you're starting a makeup company. We drive back in the city together and they're like, are you going to do this? And how do you do it? And, you know, it was such inspiration and, and so much fun. So I don't know. You just have to really love what you're what you're doing one more question um do you think your background in horses helped you in the corporate career oh absolutely because you know i think kids when you have responsibility and you have to take care of something and you have to work hard and you have to perform especially in competition even if it's not competition i always say like the lesson is a comp you like they're like, what are you trying to do? Win the lesson? I was like, yeah, I'm trying not to make it, you know, cause a scene. <laughs> like, I just want to get through it. You know, I love it, but I just, you know. Um, so I think all of that prepares you for having the confidence. I mean, you have to go in the ring and it doesn't matter how much money your horse costs, who you are, you have to be at the in gate and you have to go in and perform. And I think that teaches you a lot in life, you know. Um, for sure. I, I watch the, the top jumper riders a lot, you know, I'm watching long jeans and stuff. And, and you know what, 
it really they they screw up just as much as anybody else, right? <laughs> and so I often am like, you know, when I'm beating myself up over it, I'm like, you know what? The guys at the top also make mistakes. Yeah. And they work hard and have the same things like, you know, the routine and the plan and the strategy. And lucky enough to be, you know, Andre is one of my best friends and Patricia. And so I end up hanging out, you know, in the trainer world, but I'm, you know, client amateur. And, you know, by the time we're talking about bits and this and that, like, I mean, you really, it's like problem solving and, you know, then you think, the other day I told someone, oh, oh, it's like Groundhog Day, you know, at this horse show, like the same people, the same this, the same that. And then I realized the horses are always new. The clients are always new. Like the arena might be the same, but everything's always changing and you have to adapt to that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember Diane Langer once said, I was like, oh, my horse kind of is doing this and that, which I never normally do. But I was like, oh, it's a little odd. And she's like, you know, you have to learn to ride the horse you have. Like that's right. what you have today. <laughs> They're know? not the same every day. Not the same, you know. So, and then she also had the greatest line: is people would always say, "I'm not ready to show," and she's like, "You have to show to show. Like you have to get used. To, you know, you have to just right. keep doing it. So you're never going to be totally ready." And I think that's the same with launching the company and people. Right. Who- starting companies, they're like, I'm not ready. And I'm working on the plan. I'm working on the plan. And I was like, you just got to make decisions like, okay, this is going to be pink. It's going to have a heart this time, like yes or no. And then you have to decide and then you just have to do it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then you, then you do it and you're like, nah, that package wasn't really big enough. And this wasn't really this. And maybe everyone likes pink better than Brown. And you know, you, then you evolve. Um, right. that, that's what, um, that's part of the, like when you said at the beginning of not taking no for an answer, you don't look at something and go, oh, it didn't work. I'm done. I failed. Or, um, you know, I don't know. You just kind of do the workarounds or the next thing or, you know, what can you do differently? So mm-hmm. it's a little tricky to work in, in for me in particular, because I'm always like, what can we do better next time? No matter how great it was, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, like, oh, and then as big as we are, it's like, okay, how are we going to get bigger? You know, yeah. so we're always um, looking to the next thing, but that's exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good advice for people to kind of uh, want to evolve themselves in their careers. Is there other advice that you would give somebody who's trying to move up in the corporate ladder? If you're trying to move up in the corporate ladder, um, you know, it's very interesting, like complaining about your boss and complaining just doesn't work. You know, I had some really good advice because I've had so many bosses and it's like mm-hmm. I terrible bosses. And somebody just said to me, you know, learn, watch what they do and make sure you don't do it when you have right. that. So you're actually learning from them as well. Yep. Um, and I think being flexible, you know, People said to me, you can't have that job, but I moved around a lot to cities that I would have never typically lived in. Um, So for the job, you know, and, and so every two years I was able to be the next job, the next level, you know, learning the next thing. And, um, but I, and I also say, you know, be flexible and ask a lot of questions. Like we're so busy trying to tell people we're perfect, you know, like, oh, I'm ready. Instead of saying, Hey, like I had a boss and I was like, 
I'm a school teacher. Like I didn't learn P and L's and finance right. and numbers person, but I didn't study that. So I'm in a meeting. And then afterwards I said to my boss, Hey, can you meet me early for breakfast and teach me this really quickly? And he's like, he started laughing and he was like, yeah, I guess I can. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. I got it. This, 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 you know, but I, you know, I had to ask somebody to teach me, you know? Right. Um, so I, yeah. I definitely think that can apply in the the equestrian world as well. Whether you're trying to start a business, um, some kind of equestrian business, or you're a trainer or a rider, um, don't you think that that's those are things that can apply there? I think in life, and it also bonds people together. So if so, then all of a sudden you have a champion. Uh, like if you go to somebody and say, you know, how do I do this course, or how do I start a business and manage these clients, or whatever. You know, I was always like, how do I, you know, I started late. So I didn't, I mean, I rode when I was young, but we never counted strides, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, 35 years old in a lesson and they're yelling all these numbers. And I was like, is it the green jump? You know, I, <laughs> and finally she's like, it was part Metzner. She's like, do you not know how to count? I was like, count what, what are you talking about? I learned one, three jump, but you know. Yeah. And so from then on, you know, Tara, I did Tara chapstick for her. You know, I did my A plus friends lipstick and um, she's been an eternal friend and she taught me how to count. And we were, you know, Ariat master of the year points. And <laughs> I had to ask the questions, you know, and yeah. I came with this, you know, horrible show outfit and they were like, what are you wearing? And I was like, I don't know. Take me to the store. What am I supposed to wear? You know, <laughs> so, I have this thing about fitting in, asking the questions and then just fit in where you want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I literally went to USAP finals at Gladstone. I was vice president in New York and I wasn't riding and I was like, okay, now where do I ride? And someone said, you need to meet Andre Dignelli at Heritage. And I was like, well, where is he? And they're like, I called the farm and they're like, he's at the show at, you know, Gladstone. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Just give me the address and I'll go there. <laughs> so I take car service. I go out there. I was like, where am I? <laughs> you know. And then I ask around for Andre and a couple of people are like, who are you? And then I meet all kinds of great people because I think just being nice and polite, saying hello is always a winner. Mm -hmm. And. So I find him and I was like, hi, I need to meet you. I'm so excited. You know, here's a picture of my horse. And he's like, that's great. Who who are you? And he's very nice. And he's like, okay, well, I have, you know, three of the top four in the work off right now. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And then I'll <laughs> talk to you. And I was like, okay, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the train a train out to the farm with my boots and I was like, hi, here I am. And he's like, okay, get on, ride around. We'll see what we've got going here, you know? And That's so great. you just got to put yourself out there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then he was like, okay. And then we did jumpers and then we did Florida. And then we, I was like the one horse wonder, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> anyway. I and so, and uh, after kind of being in the corporate world and and knowing, um, you know, you got to a certain point in your career there, you know, how did you have the courage to say, I, I'm going to go launch my own company now? How did you know it was time? 
So it was first time to retire a little bit. You know, I was like, I'm working so hard and all I'm trying to do is make money so I can ride. But then by the time I can ride, I have two days and one horse. Like this is, this is not going, I'm not get, getting any better here. Right. So, um, so I did, I went to the company and it's actually, I don't know if you want to share this story, but it's, it was pretty cool. I had to reorganize the whole field sales force and I had to eliminate, um, you know, like five jobs. Um, so it was, so I really reorganized the whole thing and I eliminated myself. <laughs> oh, really? So I had a couple of years where they took care of me. And so I rode, so I got to transition nicely out of it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. What happened was when I left, it was also a time where people were shopping online and social media was mm-hmm. coming around. And I was like, I don't want to be stuck in this office. I remember being on the 40th floor um, in the GM building in New York city with Leonard Lauder himself. And I'm sitting in his office and telling him that I want to leave. And he's was there to convince me not to leave. And mm. I looked out his window over central park. And I was like, there's a whole world out there. Um, and I've been in here and I need to go, you know, experience the world. And he's yeah. like, Okay, you go and come back whenever you want. And I said, okay. Um, and then off I went to the barn every day. And then I was, you know, created. So it took me a year to figure out, you know, what to make and reach mm-hmm. out to my um, chemists and suppliers. But I knew people. So it was a little bit easier transition. Because um, I had really, like, you never know who you're going to work with and work for, which was the other, you know, advice I give to people. You never mm-hmm. know. You never know who's going to come back around and work for you, with you. You're going to work for them. Like you just never know. And people are so important. And so, and respecting everybody, every level, every groom, every, I always have this theory about companies and everything is that it's a whole wheel. Um, and nobody, it's not an org chart of who's higher and lower. It's a whole wheel of everybody on it and the goal being in the middle. And if one spoke is off on the wheel, it doesn't work. Um, and so anyway, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but it's so, it's so, so important that the people in it. So I was able to have incredible relationships with people that helped me in the development of the brand that would never do a startup brand. You know, they're like, you know, my eyeliner company is the same company that does Chanel and L'Oreal and, you know, and, and I was like, Hey, it's me. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, what are you doing? I was like, I need an eyeliner that does this and has a brush on the end. And they're like, that's not how it works. I was like, no, no, no. I've made it at home. It really works. And they were like, Okay, and, oh. and it's a product, yeah. So, so did, cool. did you have products um, like in mind or already in development before you actually launched your brand? Yes. So I knew that I wanted to make stuff for myself, and I knew like what I wanted, I couldn't find in the marketplace, which is unbelievable considering there's so much makeup out there. Everyone's like, mm. oh. It's- competitive market. I was like, but nobody has an eyeliner with a real brush on the end that survives, you know, riding and hot yoga. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and I knew I really needed five things. And I said, with these five things, I can ride, I can go to a black tie event, you know, and I'm, 
we're all so busy and that's sort of the key of Catherine girl. Like we're clean, we're kind, but we're, you know, we participate in life, which is really being a Catherine girl. Mm. And so with these five items, I could participate. I had a lip gloss, a cheek cream glow stick, a concealer, an eyeliner and a mascara. And I was good. Hmm. Um, and so I was like, you just put a little bit more of it on at night. You use the eyeliner on your brows. You use the cheek color on your lips. Like everything was multitasking on the go. You could actually do it in the car. Um, so I, I remember leaving a horse show. I had a new horse that I was trying for metal finals, which was an old horse that had never done equitation. And we went around, we won all three classes. And I was like, I have to wait to see how it comes out at the end, you know, if we're champion or not, you know, and I was, this horse was so amazing. And then I was like, I have to get to like the opera or something. And I was like, my dress is in the car. <laughs> I was like, my hair's sweaty. I'll just look it back, you know, throw on some makeup and I'm good. And I was like, we're champion. I ran in and it was perfect. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And could I ask you a question that wasn't on the list and feel free if you don't want to answer, but um, movie question. (laughs) No, it's not. That's later. Um, Was there any hesitation of starting a company that competed with your previous uh, employer or was it so different because it was such a different idea? It was so different. And it was also back in the day when people didn't start companies that much. Hmm. There weren't a lot of new indie brands. Um, okay. So it was a little unheard of. So they were a little bit like, oh, that's so sweet, you know. <laughs> but I did something very interesting. I got my five products in my shopping bag and they were be- they were beautiful. They still are, you know, beautiful quality, beautiful. And so the first thing I did before I sold one product is I made appointments with Leonard Lauder and my, you know, the presidents at Estee Lauder. And I had a full day of bringing my shopping bag and my five little items. <laughs> and I made appointment. They all thought I wanted to come back to work because oh, wow. I just appointments with them. And they were like, yay, Annie. So I got on everyone's calendar. I, you know, I'm in New York city, my outfit, my bag. And I was like, hi, I just wanted to show you what I did, show you what I made and hope, you know, thank you for teaching me everything. And I hope I made you proud. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they sat and opened every product and the consensus was, they said, your company is going to be as big as you want it to be. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool to hear that they were supportive and not trying to squash, you know, what you wanted to do because it was in the same line mm-hmm. of products, you know. Yeah. That's great. It was interesting because at that point I really, you know, they were they're entrenched in department stores and I was mm-hmm. like, I just want to sell online. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to have big counters at Macy's, you know. I I try I actually we did it. Um but it's it wasn't sort of the arena I wanted to be in. And so mm-hmm. they didn't really realize how big online is. And so they were a little bit like, oh, you know, that's separate, that's new. And then um, then I, I would always go back when I launched something new and I had a couple of people actually ask their advice. And, mm-hmm. and at that point, they were a little bit like, we're not really experts at, you know, online um, because I was saying that, you know, I was with the young people and I was, you know, mm-hmm. on social media and they were a little old fashioned. So 
then all of a sudden the tables sort of turned. Like I knew a lot more of what was going on in beauty now than they did, even though mm-hmm. they're a multi-billion dollar, you know, company. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about things like how product had to be photogenic, you know, how it had to look good on, you know, photographs and how you can't tell people, you know, they were always like, we only want our products together. We don't want them with other brands. And I was like, Oh, I want to be with other brands, you know, mm-hmm. we'll use a mix of brands. You know, I want to be with other clean brands. Like I'm really mm-hmm. embracing everything. So it really showed, you know, it was a big transition in the beauty industry. Uh, and I really was able to, I don't want to say get out at the right time, but it was really interesting. It's also interesting now that a lot of Catherine girls that are in college will call and say they want to intern for Estee Lauder or they want um, that corporate experience, which I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, So cool. I could go on and on. It's super fun. What was your vision for Catherine Cosmetics when you started it? Um, I always think pretty big. So my vision was to have Catherine and that we would end up being a little bit like Estee Lauder, but more in a digital way. Um, where we have a lot of other company, a lot of other makeup brands with us. And that was the original piece. Um, but my number one goal was to have every woman in the world, every girl in the world have one piece of Catherine. Um, so that when they look in their makeup bag and they see the logo, they go, I got this. I can do anything I want in, in my life, you know, and I didn't want to tell people what to do in their life. I don't want to, you know, I don't think everybody should ride horses. I think you should find something you're passionate about. Um, but I wanted, you know, just it's the same with me. Like before I did this, I have all my products like sitting right here. Like I look at them and I'm like, I can do anything you know, I can do anything, you know, I am a Catholic girl. You know? <laughs> um, and so we're actually in the midst of um, opening the Middle East um, in a large oh, wow. way. It's very interesting because I had, I said to the, to the people, my goal is, you know, it was to have every woman in the world have a piece of Catherine in her bag and that, you know, it's happening. So it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to discriminate where in the world and what's happening. But if that girl looks in her bag and she has a Catherine eyeliner, like her life is going to be better, mm. you know, and that's gives me the chills. I just got the chills just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really does inspire me. And so, you know, moving into more of a global market, is that kind of the vision for the future is to find more markets to move into? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be you know, around the world where we have some accounts in Sweden, which is really random. It's just a girl who lives here, had a friend and she's like, you have to be over there. So we're there. Um, Canada is a little bit difficult. We try to do a lot there. Um, mm. Just with shipping to Canada is difficult, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, girls, girls love makeup and it's in people ask me from the beginning, do you, you know, maybe girls shouldn't wear makeup. Why do they have to conform to society's rules and that whole thing about like, okay, the newscasters aren't going to wear makeup. And I was like that, you know, makeup is for yourself. You Mm. know, it's how you feel. It's not because anyone's telling you to wear it. You know, if you're wearing it because you're supposed to, or you're wearing it for a boy or a girl, whatever you're, you're doing, it's for yourself, you know? 
Um, so that's, that's, that's important. So I think around the world, um, having products that you love, um, wearing them the way that you like to wear them. Mm-hmm. Everyone has opinions about their brows, you know, everyone has their right. own thing. Um, and it's really funny, like who's a lipstick wear and who's a lip gloss wear, you know, I was okay. doing the 12 shades for my best friends was the idea for the lipsticks. And so one of the friends was Tara Metzner, the horse trainer. And I said, Tara, you're an amazing, loyal friend all these years. I want to make a lipstick because you're an A-plus friend. And she just looked at me. She's like, I don't wear lipstick. And I was like, okay, Tara. (laughs) She's like, I wear chapstick. I'm like, can I put some sparkle in it? She's like, Yes, you can. Put <laughs> it's one of our bestsellers, but um, yeah, you never, you know, people are lip gloss wears, chapstick wears, lip balm wears, you know. Right. So everyone has their own thing, and we don't. It's like I didn't tell her you have to wear lipstick. I was like, that's not, you right. know, not how we roll in our Catherine world. So, and does um expanding internationally look like like are you shipping directly are you do you have distributors how does that so, set up um, distributors internationally is the the way we're going yeah um, you know here we ship direct um to consumer but we do have some wholesale accounts um mm-hmm. but we love doing pop-ups we love doing charity events you know giving mm-hmm. back our you know whole thing from the very beginning um people are like you don't even make money yet why are you giving back to charity you know i was like it's the right yeah it's the right thing to do and then when you do the right thing the right thing comes back to you so yeah we've talked a lot about you know csr and really having your company stand for something other than making a profit um Mm -hmm. Recently, that was one of our speakers um, at the recent networking brunch we had. And and also, you know, marketing to um, more of an idea and, and, and being something more than just the product that you sell, yeah. which I think sounds like that's how you started your company was because you, you had an idea that you wanted to sell, not just a lipstick. Yeah. And because I didn't want to get into my lipsticks better than your lipstick. Mm-hmm. Like I find that really awkward. You yeah. know, I think everyone's is great. Mine has, you know, certain ingredients and certain colors and a certain, you know, feeling. It really happened on social media when I started seeing pictures of girls and their horses. And when, you know, those, there's a lot of them now, but like when you, you're looking not a riding jumping one, but like when you're looking in your horse's eyes and your horse is looking back and there's just that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a Catherine moment. That's two hearts talking, you know, and that's what we, you know, represent, you know, which is the kindness, like the word kind to me, it's like, you're kind to animals, you're kind to your skin, to yourself, mm-hmm. to other people. Like that's, you know, you, you help other people. So I don't always like to just say it's, charity because lately I've been you know more concerned of helping individual people or individual animals or you know but it's just being kind and you know doing the right thing but mm-hmm. that Catherine moment and those and I kept writing on there oh you're a Catherine girl oh you're a Catherine girl and uh, Olivia Chowdhury at the time was my intern amazing like international show jumping rider and she's like on the floor of my you know kitchen helping us do stuff <laughs> She's like, Annie, we think it's really cool, you know, that you keep telling all of us we're Catherine girls, but like, 
what is that? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, it's girls who work hard, participate in life, you know, and they do the right thing and they're kind. And I said, participating in life, like people said, oh, so-and-so should be a Catherine girl. She won this. And I Mm -hmm. go, it's not about winning. It's about participating. You know, it's nice. I won stuff, but the participation of just showing up at Capital Challenge, like I won just by showing up, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> you just show up in life. So, um, so I really had to explain like that whole thing. I had another girlfriend that said, oh, my daughter should be a Catherine girl. She's or someone's daughter. She's really pretty. And I was like, well, what does she do? She's really pretty. <laughs> you know, it's nice. I have a makeup company and I like pretty things, but you got to have, you know, a little something, you know, right. what it's you more think? than just that. So that to me was really important to explain what a Catherine girl is and then have, you know, the girls at the heyday of it, it's a little bit different now. It's a little bit more influencers, but they, and you, we still have it. You apply online. Oh. Um, and so you have to answer these questions like what charities do you believe in and what what do you do? You know, all these things about yourself. Um, and one time I had a dad apply for one of the girls and this whole explanation and the, the girls reading the applications were like, I, we don't know what to do with this. And I was like, oh, I know they go. She has, you know, 100,000 followers and she's this and that. And I was like, her dad applied. We her we don't do that. Like if she wants to be a Catherine girl, she can apply. So then I replied to the dad and I was like, congratulations, you have a super successful, nice girl. If she'd like to be a Catherine girl, she could apply. Yeah. Which was very interesting because the girls in the office were like, Oh, she has so many followers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then she applied and then she was great. So that's good. Yeah. So there's a rambling answer to that question. No, I like it. No, it's really cool. Can can you talk about the the experience you're having um, as an entrepreneur versus like your corporate experience? Oh, corporate experiences are people think they're stressful and they're amazing, and there there's all kinds of you know training and rules and all of that. Um, when you're an entrepreneur, you do everything, and so it's not enough just to have a great idea. Like you need a financial plan. You need, you know, you need a whole plan. Um, And I, everyone, you know, has their opinions about, you know, Serena and Venus and the, the, that show, that movie about them and the dad. Um, King Richard. Yes. So, and everyone has their opinions about it, but boy, did I spruce up my plan after I watched that movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, that man had a plan, you know? Right. And so you got to realize that you need a plan and it's not just an investment deck or a product yeah. plan, you know, it needs to be a full circle plan. Like, you know, I looked at mine, I go back and look, you know, what I did and what I would do differently and, you know, mm-hmm. where are holes in it. I had a great positioning, great product great, you know, financial plan, but the distribution plan is tough. Like if you think you're just going to make something and sell it online, like you have to really, like you can have a beautiful website, but if you don't have a plan as to how you're going to get people there and then how you get them to convert when they're there, like, I think you need a full plan more so 
like, I have a great idea. I'm going to make headphones that sparkle, you know? Right. Like, you could it, have the best product in the world, but if you don't know how to sell it and how to get it into the hands of people, then it, you're never going to have success with it. Exactly. So, yeah. um, so that's a little bit different than the corporate world. I remember when I went back to Estee Lauder to, you know, I showed him the products at first and then I would go back every time I was in New York and I stopped by the um, CFO's office and, and I used to go through the financial plans like, all the time. Like, you know, it was a billion dollar company, boop, 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 you know, oh yeah, we lost, we'll move it around here. You know, the whole thing. I'm a norm- numbers person. And so I sat in his office. I was like, it has a whole different meaning when it's your own. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those reports have never been so important. Like I, you know, you you gotta say like, oh, the corporate rules, and oh, they only gave us summer Fridays, and people tend to kind of, you know, commiserate about you know the problems of corporate. Like I want to work from home, I, you know, all these kind of mm-hmm. things you complain about, but you also, you know, I have to sit and you know, insurance and benefits, and you know, there are all these mm-hmm. things that you know when you're at Estee Lauder, you love. You just sign at the bottom of the page, you know. Right. I was having to meet with all these people about how to set it up and product insurance and, you know, all these things. So there's a lot um, that goes into it other than, you know, how much sparkle is going to be in the lipstick, which that is an amazing thing to do. That's (laughs) That's the fun part. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess, you know, the difference is you have all that on your shoulders 24 seven. Right. And then when you're in corporate, they take care of a lot of it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how they do it or not, they take care of it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm, sh- and you know, people probably think, oh, being an entrepreneur um, sounds so great because you can do all the things whenever you want to do it. Like we said before about going to yoga class at 10 a.m., but, you know, there's a trade-off. And and so the work-life balance, I don't, is it really that much different um, owning your own company versus working for corporate? Uh, you just have more control of it. That's what I was going to yeah. say. You choose when to do it. You may be working the same or more amount of hours, but at least it fits where you need it to. And I think there's certain times in your life for it. Like right age now, I get to spend more time with my mom. So like after this call, you know, I'm driving, you know, spending the weekend with her and today and Friday, which normally I would have been like, oh, I have to go to the office today, you know. Mm -hmm. So you get you get that quality time. Um and so there's certain times in your life where that's really important. And other times when you're like, you know, focus driven corporate, you know. Definitely. But I do say I couldn't have done this without, I couldn't have done this so well without the experience I had. Um, And it's not just one piece of it. Like I was in the field as a salesperson and then being in the, you couldn't have gone from the field to just making your own products without being in the corporate office and being in product development and seeing how the whole corporation works. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do it now, but you would, you have to be really careful not to be taken advantage of hmm. um, from like, there's some influencers who are like, oh, people come to them and I'm going to make product for you. And then I'm going to take all, I, I also, I mean, I've had a few difficult, you know, business dealings with private equity and, you know, a lot, that's a whole nother movie in itself, Right. Um, but you have to be really careful and 
I say, you know, I don't know if I should say this or not, but sometimes people are like, oh, you know, you're pretty, you drink coffee, you make lipstick, like, oh, we're just going to take your company, you know, and then Mm -hmm. it's like, and then you, you're nice and you're nice. And then when you're not nice, they're like, oh, you're not nice. I was like, but you would never do this to anyone else. Like Mm. you just like a not so smart lipstick girl, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I won't go on and on, but I think, you know, just because you look a certain way and you're in a certain business, you know, people have to take you seriously. Yeah. Well, um, so I think you have to be really careful of that. And, and that's why a lot of the times, you know, my favorite Catherine girls are like the analytical finance girls who have long blonde hair and are like supermodels, like the supermodel finance girls. I like love, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so like you go to it, like even on the news channels, whatever anyone's talking about the news, they're like looking good and they're just hammering the tough questions. You know, (laughs) you gotta, you know, whatever you think you got to appreciate that, you know? So, and I think, um, you know, recently in the equestrian industry, skincare and especially, you know, protecting your skin from the sun has become so much more important, knowing how many hours you spend outside with horses and like sun shirts and the big sunshades for helmets and um, sunscreen, that sort of thing. Um, and just taking care of your skin because there's so much more, uh, you know, environmental issues that can cause damage. Um, do you have tips for our listeners on skincare routines and anything, especially equestrians should be doing to take care of their skin? I think um, there's just some basics that really um, skin cleanliness, like making sure, you know, we all use, you know, the wipes to, you know, mm. take makeup off and then Um, But really deep cleansing all the time is one of the most important things. And what I always remind people too, which is a little bit odd, it's what you eat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're just like running and not eating or eating a lot of salt, like you're, it shows up in your skin right away. So sleep is when your body heals itself. So, but if you sleep and you eat right and you just keep your skin clean and then you use a nice sunscreen, um, that's going to be the best thing forever. I, I'm really happy to see the younger kids wearing sunscreen mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't and people, you know, like their skin looks amazing. It doesn't get sunburned, you know, it's fine. But long term, you know, you're like me, it shows up, you know, and it's all the damage. Um, but I really think healthy, healthy living is the first start to, um, to good looking skin. Um, and I think it's kind of, it's great that we're all taking, you know, I take so many photos, I drive everyone crazy. Um, but we're always, you know, being photo ready. So I think we tend to take care of everything a little bit more. So even though it's a health reason, it's also photo reason. Um, but I think it's, it's really important to take care of your skin when you're young. So you don't have to do, you know, as much when you're older. So, right. Yeah, I agree because when I had melanoma cancer, they were like, Oh, did you do tanning beds? And you, did you do, you know, which I had, but I wouldn't say I did it regularly. Um, And, you know, thinking back about it, I'll 
like I spent a lot of time outside riding as a kid without sunscreen, just, you know, leaving the house. It wasn't something we kept in our house or even thought about at horse shows growing up or even in college. Never, <laughs> you know, like, never. Like the baby oil in the, in the sunscreen reflector. So right? yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, I was all about it. And then I had to have sleeveless riding shirt, you know, the whole right. thing. So, yeah. Uh, so I think it's great. People are paying more attention. Um, we're doing a lot more skins coming up. We have a wow stick now, which has sunscreen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives you a little glow and color and sunscreen um, at the same time, which has been, you know, super popular. But um, I think it's so, so important. Um, and to to realize also that makeup is protective. So some people are like, oh, I don't want to clog my pores. I don't want to do this. Like, it's actually really good for you, what we have, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, riding and hot yoga without my eyeliner, which would seem like a normal thing to do, like not wear eyeliner. And I just remember doing, which I, I'm very quite proud. I can do a headstand in yoga. So I'm doing <laughs> And it's hot and the, the sweat is running in my eyes. My eyes are burning. I was like, how can my eyes be burning? I have nothing on. And then I realized like, I don't have eyeliner that actually blocked the sweat from coming in my eyes, which I know sounds really weird, but it's true. (laughs) Yeah, it was really. So I think a lot of the makeup we, people tend to think as like not healthy when it's actually very healthy for you. Hmm. Interesting. A whole different uh, approach. And mm-hmm. a lot of it has SPF in it, right? So yes, yes. protection on yes. top of having sunscreen. So it gives you that additional. Yeah. You know, people are funny about the numbers and adding up and how high. And it's like, mm-hmm. just put a lot on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere you a little extra is good, you know. <laughs> oh, So you were very successful in the corporate world very successful entrepreneur. How did you balance that with riding and being so successful in your riding career as well? I think it's, you know, sometimes you have to say what's going to take priority versus Mm -hmm. what is it, you know, when you're climbing the corporate ladder, like that takes, it's your priority. Um, And then you ride when you can, uh, and then you make enough money to ride. So it's all it's a teeter totter. Um, and then when riding is a, was a priority for me, when I met you at capital challenge, Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally, this is kind of embarrassing. I don't know if you're going to show, share this, but I was supposed to be year end equitation adult champion on the West coast. And so I literally had spreadsheets of like, I'm going to show in this show. And if I get, you know, if I get third or fourth and I don't win and my next other people. So I was doing projections. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, And I was like, I was supposed to go on vacation in Italy. And I was like, if I miss that show, it could like throw off the whole year. Cause I did projections of they won in different shows and I want, didn't win in these shows. And, and then I would project out the horses too. I would be like, I have two equitation horses because it's too much for just one. And so not fancy ones, but the amazing ones I still have today. And the, um, and I'd be like, this one can go to this show, but it can't go two in a row. And this one can go to this show. So it really was, you know, I had a folder and a file. <laughs> wow. So I really treated it like a job. Yeah. Um, and that was the priority. That. Right. You know? And so 
then when I, you know, I did what I, my goal, I met my goal. So I was like, okay, now the company is my goal. And so that became a priority. Originally, I was like, I'm going to ride in the morning and I'm going to do makeup in the afternoon. And isn't that fabulous? And um, yeah, I mean, I was working all day. Right. <laughs> so I was like the horse thing, you know, then the horse is retired. I always say the horses retire when I work more mm. and then when I work less, the horses come back. <laughs> so it it is a fine balance because you don't want to sit here and say you can have it all. I mean, right. I wait. I flew in one night and I tried to, I was working for Estee Lauder and I, it was a big meetings in San Francisco. And I was like, it's metal finals. And they were at night at the equestrian center. I don't know what I was doing. I flew in, I jumped, ran over there. I threw on my show clothes. I had on way too much makeup for a horse show. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst round ever. I was like, my head is not in the game. Like you mm-hmm. can't, you know, your head has to be in the game. So um, I'll also tell you a quick story about balance because I was like, okay, I have to be fit to ride, which is helpful. So I have a trainer and I go to spin class. So I'm literally like up at five 30 trainer, six to seven spin class, seven to eight back in the office makeup. And my brother and I was gaining weight and I was like, not looking good. And my brother's like, what are you like? Why don't you just go to yoga and sleep? Like what's mm-hmm. wrong with you? <laughs> And all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, I'll try that. And I got in a yoga class without my phone, without talking to people. And I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. And then I was rested and I could function and focus. Mm. And so I think you have to always assess where you're at and assess your priorities and, and go with that. Cause yep. if you try to be everything to everybody all the time, it just can't happen. Right. You know? And I think of this too, um, it's kind of the same as like work-life balance, right? Where for me, I think of it as a pendulum swinging instead of a scale and that it sometimes is, you know, swinging more towards my work life. And sometimes it's swinging more towards my life life, (laughs) you know? And I think that I'm going to use that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because everyone's one or the other, but it's really just like in motion. Like Yes. And exactly. And that's what I see this as too. Like you're riding. Okay. So you focus a little more on your riding and then you bring it back and you have to focus on your company and it goes back and forth. So I think eventually it evens out. And I think we get too caught up in the fact that we have to pick and, you know, one over the other where, where if you just let it evolve where, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit more time, but it's going to come back to me. I think that could relieve some pressure in your life. <laughs> I think so. And I think it's also hard to say like, okay, I'm going to stop at five o'clock every night, turn off yeah. my phone and computer. And it's like, that's stressful. Yes. Like, that I, stresses I, me out more. What's happening on my phone. It's like once in a while, I'll forget my phone. And I'm always like, things have happened. And, right. and I yes out and I get it. I was like, okay, nothing. Like there's a sale at Crate and Barrel. I mean, like nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's so yeah. stressful the thought you're missing something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people are always like, you know, you shouldn't be doing work emails after six oh. o'clock and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but I'm picking up kids from 3.30 and then bedtime is at eight. I don't, I'd rather not look at my phone at that point of the day and then go back and catch up on things at nine or 10 o'clock. And that's just how it works for me. You know, it, it's, you've got to find the the schedule that fits where you are in life and what you're doing. 
that's that's the ultimate work life balance. If you can, you know, it's like the yoga at ten thirty. It's like I get mm-hmm. up and well, you know, the chemistry calls in the morning, and then I do that, and then you do, you know, you just make it work, you know. Yeah. I took peaches. I take peaches for coffee every morning. So. <laughs> Coffee and a golf course walk. So, right. Yeah. Well, it's been so much fun talking with you and learning more about you and your company. Um, and at the end of each episode, we ask the same four questions to every guest. And Connor starts with the first What is one action that women can take to make a big difference in their lives? Um, just participate, participate in life. Yeah. In everything, you know. And ask questions. Mm-hmm. What is the best habit that keeps you motivated personally? To do some form of exercise. Mm-hmm. Horses. And I think, um, and being with animals. Yep. It's your dog, your horse, whatever it is. I think that's very grounding. This is the dreaded question. What's your favorite horse movie? Oh my God. <laughs> Can I just tell you the horse movies that start with an accident? I can't even watch. No, no, I can't. I can't even watch them. They're not my favorite. I like Kevin Costner, but I can't watch all that Yellowstone. So I'm gonna go with just the TikTok. Get ready with me with the horse girls. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Get ready with the barn, and they clean their boots, and they do this, and then they is amazing. (laughs) I would do that with my horse, but um. He gets very relaxed when I'm grooming oh. him and he drops down. So it would be probably flagged for pornography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You could just scroll through that. I know. <laughs> it's probably my favorite movie. And who would you recommend to be a future guest on this podcast? Oh, that's right. I was thinking about that so much. I would recommend, um, Sierra Steinwald uh, from My Charmed Horse. And she was an original Catherine girl. She was Catherine girl of the month. And she's a finance girl in school. And she has an amazing horse, Squishy. And (laughs) had for a long time and brought him along. And she does an amazing job with him. And she's just super smart, hardworking. And she started this Charmed company. And while she was in college and I, I see it all over Instagram and I'm super proud of her. So I think she'd be a great guest. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And it's been really fun talking with you today. It's been so, so much fun. Thank you for inviting me, chatting with me. It's just great. I just love, Oh, I'll tell you one other thing. Diane Langer said to me um, just last year, she said, the horses bring you to the people and the people bring you to the horses. Mm. Um, so I feel like the horses brought me to you guys and yeah. then yeah. just brings you back to the horses. And I'm uh, being in the community is just, it's um, such a gift. For so. sure. Amazing. We yeah. agree. Annie has been nice enough to give us a discount code. Use podcast 30 for a discount of 30% off and a free Terra A plus friends lip balm. Go to katherinecosmetics.com to get yours today, which is really cool. And we're so thankful that (laughs) Annie (laughs) offered that um, to our listeners, which is really um, awesome and generous. I know. And it's our first time having that. 
Yeah. Code, yeah. So really that's cool. super fun. <laughs> um, so everybody needs to go and get theirs today because I think I'm going to go buy some because I need new makeup and I'm always looking for clean makeup brands. Um, and I should have thought of this one earlier. Like I've known about Catherine Cosmetics for a long time, I think ever since um, she started the company because she came to Capital Challenge and she won and I interviewed her and we talked about her career too. And she's like, I started this company. And so, so cool. yeah, I've known about it for a while. So I'm definitely going to go take a look and um, fill my bag with what I need. <laughs> yeah, I actually was thinking the same thing because uh, recently I've been like, oh, I need some new makeup. I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that that uh, matches my skin a little bit better. Yeah, and doesn't like settle right into all of all the, the lines. lines. Yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> oh, she was great though. I really enjoyed talking to her. She was so much fun and yeah. so much energy, and just some really great tips that she had for everybody. I thought that. Um, I really liked her talking about like showing up and participating mm-hmm. and how important that is in life. I just, it is, it's, it's so important. Show up, do the job, dig in and, you know, also ask for what you want. Right. Yeah. That's, I was just going to say that when she said, you know, when she first started, she wanted to sell at the makeup counter and they were like, well, you don't have any experience, so you can't. But she's like, mm. I think I'm just going to do it anyways. <laughs> and, you know, she she got the experience by doing it. And um, I think that just goes to show when you really want something and you're passionate about it, you you really have to ask for it and go for it. Yeah. And also, I was thinking about this in some of our last episodes and I haven't really brought it up, but then it came across... Um, either a reel or a TikTok or something where they were talking about like doing all the things in a company so you can get the most out of that company. And I think so many times you go into a company and you feel like, well, this is my position and this is always going to be my position. And, you know, I'm I'm just going to be there. But if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, I think that it is in your best interest to try and move around that company to learn all the different things Mm -hmm. so that you can have those skills if at some point you think you're going to move on and and do something on your own. Yeah. And I, I loved that she, you know, had such good relationship with everyone that she worked with at that giant company to where she could go back after she basically quit and said, I'm starting my own company of the same in the same line of business and they supported her and gave her feedback. And like that just goes to show how much, you know, she valued her relationships there and how much they valued her as an employee to be able to say, you know, we see that this is in a different lane because you're the way you're selling and what you're doing is a little bit different. And they didn't want to immediately like, you know, sue her (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah you know like I think most big a lot of companies would be like no you can't do that you can't leave us and take everything that you learned and go start your own thing right but but they did and they supported her and I think that just goes to show you know how much they valued her um 
and and she valued what she got from that company and that experience. Yeah, and I think that you can really apply this to any position that you're in, especially in the equestrian industry, um, opening your mouth, asking questions, mm-hmm. and you know, having good relationships with people, which honestly goes back to when we talked to Emily Urban about like being a professional and trying to find um, different people that you can rely on so that when you don't have the skills, you can send people to somebody else for those skills. Right. So right. I think that if we can kind of evolve and start thinking about that um, and thinking about things in a way of, you know, making yourself better, having people to rely on and keeping up good relationships instead of it being competition, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a good lesson to learn from this exact example where it was a huge company and she was having such a good relationship. She had asked really good questions. She set herself up, but then she was able to go back to them and say, Hey, I need some help. Can you, you know, talk me through this? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I think she gave a lot of good real world examples and she explained what she did and how it worked for her um she used like she had a quote it's just like you know from each person that she's yeah. kind of had in her life and and was able to share that so um yeah i enjoyed talking to her and see she seems like a really fun person to know yeah, and I love that, you know, she was like, you got to wear makeup so you feel your best. And you don't have to, but if that's what you like. If it makes you it, feel it, better. It makes yeah. it, you feel better. And I always am like, oh, you got to look the part to be the part. You know, <laughs> my, my friends, they always laugh at me because like they have kids and I'm like, oh, they need the, you know, the best cleats or they, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the best glove or the best ball or whatever it is, you know, riding clothes. I mean, I actually was in smart pack at one point and there was this tiny little shad belly and my, one of my friend's daughters was doing like lead line. And I was like, Oh, she has to have this. It was like $30 and it was so cute. <laughs> and I bought it and I was like, well, I mean, I know she's just doing lead line, but she should have, she should be able to wear this tiny little shad belly in lead line because she got to look the part. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think we'll definitely take away a lot of things. Um, and by listening back to this episode too, and kind of finding pieces of, advice throughout it yeah absolutely i think there was a ton that was in there and uh i can't i can't wait to re-listen to it Mm -hmm. but i've got some things you've got some things we're heading out so find the links to today's guests and the show notes at www.eqbusinesswomen.com equestrian b2b is out twice a month on the first and the 15th You can find out more at eqbusinesswomen.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Find Equestrian B2B wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review so more people can find us. You can have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with their free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Now go nurture your relationships. (laughs) 